So I'm talking about things like virtue, courage, meaning. You can't put any of that under a microscope. Yet if you look inside of yourself, you realize I need these things to become fully a man, especially if we are creators, and we are. Now, men, we create with our hands. Women create with their bodies, okay? Women bring life into the world. Everything that we are comes from our mother. You know, even the sperm cell that penetrated the egg, that sperm cell dies. It dies. There's no materiality of our father in us. There's only the genetic code. Jordan Peterson has called for a need to rediscover the spirit of the father. Many have been inspired to embark on their own hero's journey to set their life in order. But how do we balance order and chaos to live a life of meaning? What does it actually mean to be surrendered to God? And how do we root ourselves to stable ground as we witness the reenchantment of reality? At Manifesto, we're engaged on a mission to rediscover and understand manhood. And from this foundation to create a dynamic and thriving community. My name's Paul. Welcome to Manifesto. Welcome, Father Hans, to the Manifesto Friday community meeting. Good to have you on board here. We are going to be talking about sex and sexuality today uh, here with, uh, uh, with you. Um, so we're looking really to diving into it. Um, you've been an Orthodox priest for 30 years, I understand. 30 uh, years. Yeah, and increasingly a, a sought-after speaker on this topic. I actually read a book called Healing Humanities uh, where, uh, about, I think, a year and a half ago or something like that, where you had written a right. contribution about this subject, specifically related to young men. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I know that since then, you guys have then started up something called the St. Paisios Brotherhood, and there's been a yeah. lot of interest and engagement from young men about that. And I, I think part of what I've appreciated from reading your work and looking into what you've been talking about is how you've looked at, okay, when we talk about sex and sexuality, then it's actually also related to, well, what is a human being? So you talk about anthropology and you also talk mm -hmm. about cosmology. What does it mean to be alive as a human being in this thing we call existence or something like that as well? Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, I think I'm just going to hand over to you and you can start us off by giving a, a perspective. And then after that, we're going to go into some questions and uh, see where that leads us. Okay. Um, well, we'll start off with, with the three main words, cosmology, ontology, and anthropology, right? And they all come from the, from the Greek, um, anthropology, anthros, man. So wisdom about man, logos, right? Wisdom about man, cosmology, um, wisdom about the creation, how it's structured, and that implies purpose. And then ontology comes from the Greek word ontos, which means being, who we really are. And I got into this work a lot, it started about 10 years ago, when I, uh, a young man actually came into my life, and then more and more and more did, and uh, they really were struggling with pornography and masturbation, that type of thing, I mean, really enslaved to it. They wanted to get out, but they did not know how, which really got me looking into this a lot more deeply and working with these guys. And here's what I discovered. Here's what I discovered is that creation itself has structure. 
And so does man. So does man. And I'm coming this, just so your audience knows, I'm coming this from the viewpoint of Orthodox Christian anthropology, which presumes that there is structure in man, particularly in the soul. The soul really exists, and there's structure in creation, that nothing here is random. In fact, it's, it's, it's just beautifully designed, and it incorporates the intangibles that I think your men are looking for. I looked at the, at the website very closely. I really like what I see, I have to say. But what struck me is, why are these men doing it? Why are they doing it? What draws them? And what draws them is the innate knowledge that they are created for a purpose. Now, they might not articulate that. A lot of guys don't. But that is the desire of our soul. That implies structure. Structure implies purpose. How does sexuality fit into that? Sexuality fundamentally is, first of all, a creative energy in man, a creative energy. And if it if it's, if it's exists in, in, in a structured soul, then it must have purpose, right? It must have purpose. I saw this in the guys coming to me. What how do I order my interior life? Well, in order to order the interior life, we first must understand what a man is, what it is. Now, theologically and culturally, I have to say in the West, sexuality is really misunderstood. And it's seen, because it's such a powerful drive, remember though, it's a powerful creative drive that um, it needs direction. I think what happens is because it is so powerful and because it deals with the essence of human creativity, especially in men, women are creative too, but they're creative in different ways. Men are created in a particular way. We can talk about that a little later if you want, but because it is so powerful that people fear it, people fear it. And thus it is in a sense, instead of being directed, because we don't really understand what it is, because we don't really understand what man is, it becomes threatening and we repress it. We repress it. We see it as something um, native to man, but in a sense undesirable, in a, in a way like evil or wrong or bad. It's not that at all. It's not that at all, but it is powerful and it has to be directed. And that leads us into, okay, then, then, then what is it? How do we control it? How do we manage it? What do we do when it goes off the rails? And it goes off the rails a lot in, I would say, Western culture in particular, because we don't really understand it. We don't understand what man is. I don't want to get too involved here. Sexuality is tied into man's creative prowess. Let's start there. And so <clears throat> that asks the question, then what is man? Man is fundamentally creator. That's what he is. Man is fundamentally a creator. And I'm talking about not male and female. I'm talking about male, men. What do we do? We build bridges, we build skyscrapers, we start businesses, we protect, we provide. It's in our nature to do that. 
And if you're a believer, you can see that that nature is rooted in God. But even if you're not, it's still part of our fundamental makeup, part of our fundamental structure. And man, because he has a soul, that soul needs gratification. Now, gratification is kind of a, a rough word, because when we think of gratification, we think of, we think of again, in the sexual realm, of something maybe illicit, maybe we don't quite know where it fits, that kind of thing. But the reality is, and here's where you get into the spiritual part, and every man will see this if he looks into himself with any authenticity. This, this what I'm saying here is not, is not something I believe about reality and impose on it. When I look, what, I, what I'm explaining here is, is when I look into reality, what I see. All right. And so, so every man knows this. It's not a function of belief in God. It's a function of his elementary structure, how he's created. What we all share in common, whether we're believers or not. The reason I reference faith, the reason I reference Orthodox Christianity, because as we dig into this deeper and we discover that, well, if we have structure, that implies purpose. What then is my purpose? You have to reference things outside of yourself, because at that point you bring in the intangibles. Now, when I say intangible, I mean something that's really real, but it's not material. Okay. Intangible is something that you can't put under a microscope and see, but it, it still forms a necessary and fundamental constituent of human experience. So I'm talking about things like virtue, courage, meaning. You can't put any of that under a microscope. Yet if you look inside of yourself, you realize I need these things to become fully a man especially if we are creators, and we are. Now, men, we create with our hands. Women create with their bodies, okay? Women bring life into the world. Everything that we are comes from our mother. You know, even the sperm cell that penetrated the egg, that sperm cell dies. It dies. There's no materiality of our father in us. There's only the genetic code. So the, prov the province of giving birth in creation is given to the woman. That's how she creates. But how do men create? Well, we create with our hands is what we do. As I said earlier, we build things. I would say that one of the fundamental problems and one of the, one of the fundamental reasons why there's such a misunderstanding of what's sexuality is and what it's for is because we miss that about the nature and character of man, of the male. So the soul desires, the soul desires, okay, and it desires gratification. Again, I would posit that, the, that, the, that for a man, what a man desires most of all is the gratification that comes when he creates something. And when that, that act of creation is, <clears throat> ties into his own personality, 
his particular distinctives, which is to say his, his aspirations, his native talents. When a man discovers those things and develops those things and then creates, he becomes like God. He becomes like God because God fundamentally is creator. What does it say in the scriptures? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The first characteristics that is revealed to us about God is that he is creator. Well, so are we. So are we. And then at the end in the narrative, in Genesis, at the end, when creation is finished, God looked upon the creation and saw that it was good. He was satisfied. He was satisfied with what he made. That We're like that. We're like that. Think back when you've done a job really well. You keep looking at it, right? You keep looking at it because it brings satisfaction to the soul. It brings gratification in a very positive sense of that word to the soul. In that work, in that effort, in pouring yourself into it, you become more of a man. I would say you become more human. You become fully human. Why is that? It's because the intangibles have been worked into it. Virtue, purpose, discipline, all those things. And the soul is full. Why is it that way? Because it's congruent to the structure of reality. That's why. Because the cosmos, the creation, has structure. Because the soul has structure. There's a con congruency, a sharing, an interpenetration, a, a participation that in the doing of it brings us completion and makes us stronger, makes us more fully human. Now, sexuality is part of that creativity. It is. You know, the word eros, and it's one of the attributes of God in, in Orthodox theology. Actually, C.S. Lewis wrote a great book called The Four Loves, where he defines the four kinds of loves that man can experience. In, in, in English, we have one word for love. So we, those distinctions are kind of blurry. In the Greek, you have four words for love because love is expressed differently in different circumstances. Like for, for example, agape, well, that's the love of God. Philia, that's the love of the brother, you know, but they're still loves, they're still related, but, but, but they're distinct at the same time. Sexuality, sexuality is part of the creative process. It really is the prowess, part of the creative prowess that man has. But as I said at the outset, because, because there's structure in the cosmos and there's in their structure in the man, the anthropology. Anthropos, Greek word for man, I love that word. And that structure, as I said, implies congruity and purpose. Sexuality has a place as well. Where we go wrong, I'll tell you where we go wrong. And this is what I learned. 
in 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 dealing with with these these young guys trying to come out of their their addictions and their vices is that they pour their their the the desire for the for the desire in their soul for the gratification that comes from work they pour it into sex into their sexual drive and so so they get hooked on that sexual drive because the soul desires that gratification that comes from work, but it can't come from porn and all the behaviors that result from porn. Okay. And that's, that's an important thing I think for us to grasp. We'll talk about that more later. Okay. Because in America anyway, and I think Western Europe too, but in America, I mean, it's so sex obsessed. It's just out of control. Why is that? Well, these men are looking for manhood in the wrong places. That's why. It's not that sex is negative. It's that even sexual expression and sexual activity is, has a place in the larger structure. But if, if we don't understand it, and if we don't, if we don't live right, then it, it becomes all-consuming. And where the real gratification comes in, where the real gratification comes in, that gets blocked out. That's what happens. So what, what is sexual, let's call it sexual licentiousness. So I'll use a, a, a word from the King James Bible. It's misdirected desire is what it is. These guys grow into a fuller manhood by, by a self-discipline that enables them to experience what I described earlier, the, the reward that comes from real work. And when they taste that and when they experience that, they also become stronger men because it's, it works synonymously, congruently. And, and, and I would argue, we can talk about this later too, that this is absolutely necessary for a man to learn who he really is and what he was put on this world to do. And this is what happens. I mean, it happens. I, I see it a lot that these guys grow stronger, boys grow into men and, and the boyishness in the man that needs to mature. If the man's a little older, that grows into full manhood too. And the soul the soul is gratified. The soul is filled. So I look at, at sexuality in a very dynamic way. Okay, so I, I touched on the word eros, and then I got sidetracked. So I'm coming back to that. You know, eros is part of the love, of, is part of love, okay? But because we're over-sexualized culturally, we 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 confuse the word eros, the meaning of the word, and we, we automatically put it into the erotic category. And we assume, we assume it's, it's about sexuality. It's not. Eros fundamentally is about that creative power. That's what it's about. To take the stuff and the substance of creation and fashion it into something good. In, in Genesis, God did it through speaking. We do it through speaking too, but what we do is we take the stuff that has been created and we refashion it and it actually reflects our image just like the creation 
reflects the image of God. And so when we are properly ordered, and by the way, that's what righteousness means, okay? To be a righteous man means to be a rightly ordered man, a man who understands this structure and lives in it, but he lives in it with a creative potency that is directed, that is directed by ascent to higher things, higher virtues, higher goals, higher ways of living. In my, as an, as an Orthodox Christian, ultimately to God. Ultimately to God. And that creative potency is Eros. That's what Eros really is. That's what it really is. So Eros applies to what we build. But Eros also applies to sexuality, but sexuality properly expressed. I'm talking about morality here. That's what I'm talking about, because, because some of these structures, some of the structures are biological, you know, they're material, let's put it that way. I mean, we know how the body works, because we know how it works, we can do marvelous things with medicine. But some of the, the, the structures are intangible. And we, we have knowledge of that, too. We have to have knowledge of that, just like we have to have knowledge of how the body works, of the material creation around us. So sexuality itself lies within a structure. We call that structure morality. But, but, and we have a big problem with this in America because we're very, been very Protestantized in a sense, but we see those as prohibitions rather than guides, guides that they exist. The, 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 the guides exist how to live exists so that the fullness of manhood, of our created manhood, can be experienced in a way where, where the trajectory is towards strength and building and protection, the virtues that describe manhood. I hope that's clear. I hope that's clear. But um, I've probably gone 15 minutes, right, Paul? I, w- yeah, I, haven't been I, I think that's a time. really good time to uh, stop up and and yeah, because there was okay. a lot of different I- ideas there around uh, what what I really heard was about the gr- gratitude for one's soul <laughs> and and receiving yeah. that. I'm going to open up for questions from other guys a- after this as well. But one thing I wasn't sure about is is I saw there was a strong connection between sexuality and creativity, um, mm-hmm. and, and so. So would you say like the the creative force is like the kind of overall um, impulse of man or or rationale for man and then sexuality is just a part of that or is is it more an integrated way? Because one of the things that I was thinking about, there's this kind of like the meeting of the man and the woman, the meeting of the masculine and the feminine is the same as this meeting of like kind of like the blueprint or the seed from above and then the body from below as well. And so... Would you say that there's a, a sexual element to all creation, or, or is would, that just is that taking it would, too far? No, I would I would redefine that. I know mm. what you're getting at. What you're what you're asking. I would say there's an erotic element, an erotic, an eros element to all creation. Okay, to all acts of creation. Yeah, mm-hmm. or acts meeting of, of, of masculine and feminine in some ways. Yeah, yeah. I mean, t- take take uh, well the masculine and the feminine. Um, you, you get, you're getting very deep, Paul, but you are, 
Um, and I think about this stuff a lot. Um, yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go there, but yes, okay. I'm, yes. Um, <laughs> the creative potency is, is the heiress. Okay. So for example, okay, I'm addressing, I'm addressing the group, right. And I'm flowing out this flurry of words. Okay. But there's real power in those words and something, and the, these, 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 these words are in a sense impregnated, okay? Because mm-hmm. they're gonna get a lot of guys thinking, I know they are, right. because they're powerful words. And the, this, is a very, this is a part of life that's very difficult to, to understand, but we all wanna know about it, right. right? And so when we hear these things, what happens? It resonates in our soul, it does. It just resonates when we go, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, we, we can sense it, we can feel it. That, that I would describe as, as eros outside of sexuality, mm-hmm. right? Something is being born. Good. So guys, any hands up uh, for who, who's going to be brave? Yeah, I can see. There's, uh, Dominic, there you are. Let's Hello, everyone. I, um, um, Hans, Father Hans, it really... Uh, amazing i'm just absorbing what you're saying like um i'm gonna try and be concise i have a few questions but um the most powerful question i have in the in what you're saying is righteous man you know sort of uses his sexuality to to be a co-creator um and then you began with young men and porn and uh, like mm-hmm. porn is like a secret epidemic, you know, oh, yeah. it's free, it's everywhere. And it's, it's really easy to abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, like, how would you describe like, you know, promiscuity and then porn? These are obvious, like in this dark age, people think it's normal, but mm-hmm. they're obviously already sinful. Um, mm-hmm. Now to take it a step further, to, to inherently or intuitively know that it's bad, but you do mm-hmm. it anyway. Is mm-hmm. that sort of a struggle? Because you know that you should be transmuting it. So like your higher self or your soul, but then your mm-hmm. animal body still just can't help but be driven by it. And so mm-hmm. even if you're watching porn and you have a partner, you know, and you s- secretly, you don't just want to make godly love with your woman but you also mm-hmm. have these you know you've stared into the abyss and you've seen mm-hmm. things that you should never have seen and yeah. now you have unholy satanic desire for something which is taboo already taboo within a taboo let's just call mm-hmm. it like a um, mm-hmm. a disgusting abuse of sexual power like you know yeah. all sorts of kinks so, mm-hmm. I mean, how would you describe, I mean, it's already a sin, but then it's twisted even to, to create perversion, which is sin, sin, sin. And mm-hmm. then you know it, like the being knows it. And they're, and they're sort of trapped inside some sort of, a, you know, some sort of like... So how do you get out of that? Yeah, how do you, get, yeah, how like, do, you, yeah, how do, you do it? Gone. Even though you're self-aware, but you're still doing it. How do you... Yeah. Okay, the way I deal with it, I deal with a lot of young guys with this, 
Okay. Um, and where I differ a lot from the, the conventional wisdom on it, I don't think the problem is really porn. I think the problem is, is masturbation, self-abuse. Okay. That's what I think it is. And I always start there. Um, because what, what, what masturbation is, is it's a redirecting of the creative desire in the wrong, wrong direction. Okay. So if a guy, if a guy is caught up in the cycle that you're talking about, he is really still immature in some areas of his manhood. Now, almost everybody I talk to, and this is, I'm not minimizing porn. I think it's very, very dangerous. Okay. But almost everybody I talk to started at 13 years old. And I'm even, I'm even, you know, guys are approaching me now and started like 10, 11 years old, even before they were sexually mature because it's so prevalent. Right. And, and what happens is because it's so much a part of a guy's life of growing up that parts of his character that should have developed did not develop because the stresses of life directed that creative prowess, which would have brought him into, into greater maturity, into mm. masturbation. Okay. And frankly, porn is basically used as a masturbation accelerant. It gets habituated. Masturbation begin, becomes habituated. So a guy feels there's a stressor in present time, right? There's a press, stressor in present time. That stressor actually replicates an early stressor's stressor when he used masturbation as a release, okay? And, and so what happens inside the boy and what continues to happen inside the man is that he doesn't know how to deal with the stressors because that part of his character has not yet been developed. And, and it makes the, the lure of masturbating it away very, very strong. Now, back up from that. And let me, this is how I talk to my guys. Okay. I say, look, God gave you hands. God gave you two hands. Okay. These hands are made for creating something. They're not made to manipulate your genitals. Now, what's happening here? Now follow that. Follow that, though. What's, what's happening here is that he is seeking the gratification that comes from real creative work by misusing a part of his body that's also created for creativity. Okay? That's what's going on. So I approach that problem as misdirected desire, misdirected desire. Now, how is that healed? How is that healed? And people do heal from this. They really heal from this. It's, I say, we're going we're gonna to start a program. And the program is, is when you get tempted to do that, I want you to resist. I want you to create a space between the desire and the action. Because the desire is not sinful. The action is. The desire is misdirected, needs to be redirected, needs to be healed. Okay? So a guy gets tempted. We all get tempted. We all get tempted, right? But in doing that, in creating that space, we look at what's in that space. And whatever comes in that space is what the man has to work with. 
And the remarkable thing about this is once he start working it, he starts working it, he gets filled with this creative power, this creative energy that he doesn't know what to do with. Now, he's felt that before because he's tried to straighten out his life on his own, right? And, and, but it doesn't work. I mean, willpower works for four or five days, maybe longer, but it doesn't work in the end. What needs to happen is transformation. What needs to happen is that desire needs to be directed into its proper channel. The structure needs to fill out, you know? Some parts of us, and especially in our soul, they're like a dry sponge. They're like a dry sponge, okay? A sponge is still a sponge, but a dry sponge doesn't, can't do what it was designed to do. And, but throw water on that sponge and it just springs to life, right? Our souls are like that. Parts of our soul are like that. The water is the counsel of another man. Okay, that's what it is. And this is why brotherhood is so important. And this is why each one of us have to have one or two trusted brothers where we confess these things and ask for help. Because the way that we overcome this is we draw from the strength of our brother and he guides and directs us, right? Now, what'll happen is the man begins to experience that flush of gratification that comes from the, ex the proper expression of his own manhood, taking that creative desire and building something. I don't care what it is, but it has to be consonant with his gifts and abilities because that's how we create. That's how we create the things that only you can create and only I can create, right? And when that begins to happen, power over that misdirection, over that sin, is experienced and felt, and the guy can leave that. He can leave that, and it happens. Not to say that temptations don't come, okay? Not to say that one day you, you achieve perfect victory and you're never again tempted. But what you begin to realize is that that the, the fighting of that temptation, those things that I call them, those things that are inordinate, not properly ordered, all right? Um, that when that temptation comes, I say, use it as a, as a contraindicator. It means you've, you've, you've got to focus more. There's something you got to do more of. You got to exercise the muscle. You got to lift the weight, right? And they do that and they become stronger. And this strength is very tangible and very immediate. One of the first things, and I see this in every single guy, one of the first things they notice is they, they, their, their mind clears up. They see more clearly. The second thing that happens is, is their, their, their self-confidence increases. We know it's a dissipation of creative energy because after the act of self-abuse, after the act of masturbation, how do you feel? You feel weak. You feel, you feel like crap. You feel full of self-contempt. Why is that? Because that's what happens when we dissipate energy, creative energy, when we don't create. What we're looking for is the gratification that comes by the expressing of our authentic manhood. So that's how I would approach that. 
And because that gratification, that authentic gratification is never experienced, but we're seduced by the promise of a gratification that always proves false, okay, it leads us to, to it can lead us to kinkier and kinkier things, just like you said. And a, a guy enters into that and he's full of self-contempt. He feels weak, but his desire for the authentic gratification is so real, he continues, he continues. Usually what happens is a person reaches spiritual exhaustion. And they, they just reach spiritual exhaustion. And kind of like the prodigal son, right? Where, where he, he lived with the pigs and he was eating, eating the food of the pigs. But what does the scripture say? It says one day he came to himself, which means he woke up. He woke up. The spiritual exhaustion sometimes will lead to that. And, and a man will wake up and he'll walk his, he'll, he begins the walk back to the father's house. The walk to the fab, back to the father's house is the journey of his healing. Whenever I talk, talk, you know, guys call me up about this stuff. They don't know what to do. I never wag the finger. I never wag the finger, man. It's, it's, it's hard to discover the stuff that, that, you know, you guys in Manifesto are, are trying to discover the, what we're doing with St. Paisio's Brotherhood, what we're trying to bring forward. It's hard because very few people are doing it, okay? So I never wag the finger. I know a lot of guys are stuck. I get that, right? But I am clear about how the healing takes place. Righteousness, righteousness means rightly ordered. A righteous man is a man who is rightly ordered, and that's the journey of life to become rightly ordered. I hope that helps your, your, the answer. Yeah, it's really good. Um, I'd love to... Um, Thanks, Tom. We'll, we'll bring in Andre for a question, and then if there's time, we can see if there's space for another one. Andre's also got his hand up. I just wanted to say thank you, that's all. Yeah, okay. Thanks. You're welcome. Yeah, good day. <clears throat> Thanks for your contribution to to our platform as well. Very clear, uh, very clearing and, and powerful your words. I'm thinking about the modern world that we are sitting here with our smartphones. We have computers. Mm -hmm. Very few of us are actually into physical work. Like the, we're actually not creating physically with our hands. Mm -hmm. We do create through our hands, like programming, typing, you name it. But we are moved mm -hmm. from more of the primary industrial sectors to more of a secondary or tertiary industrial yeah. sectors. So how do you actually... My experience is that I need some kind of a 50-50 uh, distribution of my time. I can sit in the, at a computer, but I also need to do some carpentry or physical work to, to balance myself. Mm -hmm. what, what would be your general advice given that we have the creative power in our hands, but we do sit in front of our computers, how, how do we actually create in the best way um, for the benefit of the structure of the soul? How, how do we create in the best way in this, in this way? Um, you know, I, I don't have a precise answer for that, 
I think ex do it exactly what you're doing. This is what I would, if I would tell a person to do exactly what you said, okay? That, that a lot of this, especially for men, we got to move the body and we do have to do something with our hands. Now, if we can do something with our hands, I mean, my dream is it's not going to happen. It's never going to happen because of what I do. But my dream is to be a woodworker. Okay. If I were, yeah, maybe in my next life, I'm going to come back as a woodworker and I'm going to just do beautiful, beautiful finishing work, but it's not going to happen in this life. So what do I do? I do what you do. I try and do what I can do, but I find out that it's enough. We got to move the body. We got to create something with our body. And, um, even now, I mean, I don't do any woodworking. I don't have any opportunity to do it. I don't live in a place where I can do it. But I also like gardening. Mm. So I, I just grow little plants. And I put my hands in that earth. And I like saving dying plants. <laughs> That's what I do. But it's enough. It's enough. And just doing that little bit keeps my mind clear. It keeps me on, on the straight and narrow. And because if I, if I live in my head the whole time, I drift. Okay. But I, it keeps me on the straight and narrow, staying on the straight and narrow keeps my mind clear so I can do the intellectual work I have to do too and do it well. Mm. I so, think we I, have I, to f figure it out in that, like, just like you're doing. Go ahead, Paul. Yeah. No, I just wanted to add that. Like for me, I even need to create commitments for myself where I have like an accountability with another man for going for a run or, you know, doing something physical or yeah. like have work that I, you know, if I don't do it, my wife's going to start complaining to me or something like that. Cause otherwise, uh, <laughs> uh, so I, I need to, cause I have this, I'm, I'm always pulled off in my head, you know? So, but I know like I need the physical things, uh, for grounding, but thanks Andre. Uh, if you're Thank satisfied you with that, we're going to yeah give it over to Marty. Uh, we have a whole line of hands up. So, uh, let's give it over to you, Marty. Okay. Thanks. Uh, all hands. Um, you were telling about, uh, masturbation that's floating away your, your energy. And I was thinking of two ways of, of what it can do within your body. Like we, the way you described it was related to porn and so that's really outside of your system and thinking something what is there and what how that affects you and with the masturbation you have the ejaculation to throw away your energy mm -hmm. but the other way is as well like how can i as a body as a system uh increase my create creative energy and that's also to, to feel my body in a sensual way without spoiling my energy. So then, then uh, masturbation, I can use masturbation to increase my sexual energy and keep it within me and to see how it can uh, result in the outer world to, to, to increase my, my, my life energy. Mm -hmm. And for me, you're talking about ma masturbation without pornography and without ejaculation, and exactly. this idea of kind of using it to circulate and re-establish contact to your kind of emotional system, uh, or something like that, Mar Marty. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Okay, yeah, Father Hans. Um, Marty, I think yeah. one of the, I think one of the default positions for, for us men is to, is to 
slide into sensuality as a form of self-comfort. Okay. I, and I, I think that holds us back. Okay. Sensuality feels good, but sensuality for sensuality's sake, I think robs us of that masculine edge. I really do. And, and, and I think that sensuality serves as kind of like a psychological buffer to avoid taking the next step. I really do. The body fundamentally is inert. We direct it. We direct it. It's inert. Um, and I think that, that the, it's, it's, it's really important, I think, to, to achieve a deeper manhood that we come into full mastery of our bodies. Okay, full masteries of our bodies. Now, what that means is that we, we avoid sensuality for sensuality's sake. Yes. That's, that's the way I view it. And in the meantime, it can be an, an energy increaser without well, being it there for sensual use. Well, what you're going to discover what you're going to discover is that the more we become integrated in the interior life, the more we, we discover that interior structure, the more energy your body will have. The more, think, about, think back, the, the more focused you are something, on something and you're really committed to it and you're, you're building something, you're creating something and you love it, okay, you always have plenty of energy. To complete it. I mean, you've got to eat three, you know, you've got to eat your meals and you've got to sleep and all that. I get that. But the energy of our bodies, the energy of our bodies actually is derived from, from, from places outside of our body. It is. And that's not to say that, that, that we don't exercise or anything like that. We've got to take care of our bodies, but the creative energy is not rooted in our bodies. In that sense, our bodies are inert. They really come from the soul. They really do. Even, yeah. even when you think of sexuality, it's not, it's, not social, it's not even primarily a physiological function. It's not. It always has its origins and its directions from somewhere else. Good. Yes. Guys, I'm going to take the stop the recording here, so people following the <laughs> recording of the video are going to have to join our another discussion uh, live with us. So um, we'll say goodbye, and we're going to take the last couple of questions uh, without that, because th I think that also give it, let us go a little bit deeper into this one. You've been listening to conversations on masculinity with Manifesto. We enjoy good discussions, but far more importantly, we are a real community with plenty of opportunities for you to engage online and in person. So check out our website on manifesto.com to learn more. And if you enjoyed the content here, then please share this podcast with a friend. Thanks.